the optimal life. Mr. Smith. Nathan, what's up, man? How you doing? Ah, uh, good morning. I'm doing well. How you doing today? Uh, very tired, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. understand. You know, I still don't understand these sports uh, like basketball. You got 10.30 p.m. playoff games or, you know, these West Coast time sports. You know, UFC going till quarter after one. <laughs> when are they going to change that? Because I feel the exact same way today. Maybe if they move out of Las Vegas, <laughs> they start. It's you crazy, know, maybe, man. It's crazy. Maybe, they started too. It goes too late. I feel like maybe if Dana White moves to New York City or something back to Boston, he'll understand. <laughs> uh, you know, East Coast life. <laughs> yeah, I always feel the same way. I always know I'm going to pay the price on a Sunday after a UFC event. Oh my god! It's ridiculous. Was... They should start the they start the prelims an hour earlier. I mean, I, I guess I've never lived on the West Coast, so I, I don't know what life's like out there. If it's if it's such a problem for them to start the regular card at you know five p.m. West Coast time, eight p.m. our time, I don't exactly. understand why that's such a big deal. <laughs> I've never understood that either. Uh, like you said, I guess you need the the higher ups to be moving li- living in the, the Eastern time zone. It well, changed that. You, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm like, you know, it's one fifteen. I'm up. You know, recapping the fight. You know, write my little article, and I'm thinking this is horrible. You know, but over there it's what ten fifteen, so whatever. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, hey man, uh, good to talk to you. Good to connect with you again. What what a night of fights, huh? It was a good night. You know, I honestly, to be perfectly honest, I caught the prelims. Um, I wanted to see the Devonte Smith fight. He's from Cleveland. Uh, he unfortunately lost. Um, in the, the main prelim fight of uh, the feature bout. And then yeah. I caught the last three uh, main card fights, which were all great. Yeah, and those were really the only three that I was concerned about. I missed the second fight on the main card. I didn't even know who those two guys were. <laughs> uh, I saw the Brunson fight, um, which was fine, you know. But I, I was really mostly concerned with those with those last three. So let's start there, man. Let's recap it. I want to hear your thoughts and uh, catch up on some of the UFC news and Maybe some other entertainment news uh, when we finish off. But that third fight of the night on the main card, UFC 241, I thought I thought all three of these fights lived up to the hype. They were all entertaining. They were all spectacular. So uh, Paula Costa versus Yoel Romero, third fight of the night. Give us your breakdown. What were your thoughts? You know, my first thought is looking at these guys is I was in shock with how much they had left still Romero more so than uh, Costo but they're just so cut there's a lot of muscle normally you see guys pay the price for that when they're going even three full rounds but they were still throwing haymakers um, I mean it was, uh, Costa is just like a, a monster in that first round I, you know it was really dominant I, I was shocked at the decision for him I thought Romero clearly took this, the second and third rounds um, but it was a great fight uh I don't know about you know the the call out for a title shot after that. I like I, I wouldn't mind seeing them run it back. <laughs> it was an awesome fight, man. I, I gotta tell you, I actually thought Costa won the fight, and I know a lot of people didn't. But it was close. I, I was disappointed with the booze. <laughs> yeah, that was that was. I mean, it was such a great fight. I mean, first of all, Costa looks like modern day Superman, the Brazilian Superman <laughs> out there. I mean, the dude literally looks like freaking a statue. Good-looking dude. I mean, just 28 years old. I mean, could you imagine if that's what you look like at 28 years old? <laughs> or like or ever in your life? 
if I looked you like know? that when I was 28, and, and, and mind you, you know, I'm not, in, you know, I have my dad, my full dad bod going, and I'm probably 28 was probably the best shape I've ever been in. If I look like that, though, I'd just walk around shirtless all Dude, the time. Work, could you imagine how? Store. Could you imagine the, the the amount of tail that must be chasing that dude? <laughs> I mean, it's just gotta be ridiculous. Well, it's 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 that's why I say like, I, I just was shocked. You know, normally at middleweight, you guys carry around that much muscle. They're usually tired, but these guys kept it going. It was impressive. And I was surprised that Romero can take those kind of shots. Because, like you Joe, said, Joe Rogan called him the most durable human being ever. Oh yeah, that was that was pretty. Rogan Rogan does a great job too. He he's fantastic yeah, he's the on the color commentating. He's fantastic. Um, but uh, yeah, I was surprised. One thing for me about Romero, who is obviously probably you know the best body in MMA, physical specimen, all that. But one of the things that always frustrates me about watching him fight is I always feel a little bit underwhelmed. It's almost like you see him dancing, 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 and then he explodes, and then there's like a highlight moment. But for me, it's always a lot of like, I wish I, I, he would engage more. And I felt like Costa brought that out of him last night. He well, had he no had choice. To. He had no choice. I think that Romero, you know, part of the problem is with guys like that is they get this style, right? Like, oh, I'm explosive. And it works so much more often than not that it's hard it's got to be hard for someone who's training them to be like hey let's switch this up and for Romero it's like I mean I mean, I could roll out of bed and just probably fight I don't know what he does in training he probably just wakes up eats like a chicken and then goes to <laughs> you know but it's worked for him to a point and, I, and some guys get to that point where they can't win the championship so they rethink things he obviously hasn't gotten to that point. And, and some might argue maybe he should have won a championship. He's been in some close fights that maybe he should have won. Right. Is he the – he's never he's never won a title. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. He, uh, I think him and Whitaker – was it him and Whitaker? They had two fights? Yeah. Um, some might say Romero won both of them. Uh, they were very, very close. I wouldn't say that, but they were very, very close fights. Right, right. Yeah, he's been involved in some wars too. I mean, he's in, he's involved in some close fights. I, I felt like we I felt like we got a really good, aggressive version of Romero last night at 42 years old, nonetheless. I, I thought we got one of the best versions I've ever seen of him, because of Costa's style. The guy would walk him. He the reason I thought Costa won the fight is because he was literally hunting the dude the whole time, and he wasn't backing down. So he was stalking him. He was hunting him down, putting him up against the the fence, and then they just start slugging it out. Yeah, I, yeah, it was just the you know. percentages of uh, advancement, or, you know, with their metrics now, uh, was definitely. I think uh, Costa was like you know three times what Romero was in terms of moving forward. Right. Exactly. Even at the what was that at the end where Romero had him up against the fence and it would just go back to the middle of the the octagon. I didn't understand. Yeah, that, that at was all. strange. Yeah. <laughs> I think you do some strange things that when your brain starts acting funny once you've been hit about 150 or 200 times, you start just doing things that don't make sense. I think Costa, though, looking to the future, obviously Romero's is is going to probably be retiring soon. Uh, he's probably never going to win a title by any means. He probably won't get a title shot now. But uh, I think Costa is a future champion in the middleweight division. Thoughts? I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, he's definitely going to get a title shot. I mean, let's let's not care. So Romero is a tough guy to get through. A yeah. lot of guys, 
he's destroyed people. I remember what he did to Chris Weidman's head. Uh, it was like a faucet bleeding. Um, and Costa handled him. And I think he's going to get up there. Now, what happens with, you know, the champ, the championship fight is, you know, now he, he seems next in line. Um, and then in the way he destroyed, you go back to Uriah Hall. I mean, good God. And uh, Rockhold, too. Yeah, I mean... Oh, no, 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 that was, uh, that was Romero that did uh, Rockhold, yeah. Well, everybody's destroyed Rockhold yeah. at this point, so... Uh, <laughs> shit has turned into a glass coffee table. Yeah, though. that dude needs to hang it, hang it up and focus on uh, focus on the, the modeling career at this point. Yeah, do some, you know, do some... Uh, you can do some deodorant commercials. I there think you'd know. be good at something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think Costa's a future champ, man. I don't know what it is. I just, I mean, to be only 28 years old, the way he's, even if it's not for another four or five years, I, I think he will eventually hold the title in that division. Well, I mean, you gotta think, like, who, uh, who's next for, I don't think he's gonna get a title shot next, and I guess it depends on how long he wants to wait, because you have uh, Adesanya and um, Whitaker, who are obviously going to fight, um, so maybe Costa gets, you know, Herman, Hermanson or, or Gastelum. Um, right next, um, but he's one. He's one fight away. He is. Yeah, he's he's close. He's close. And and who knows? He he might not win it right away, but he he has what it takes to be a champion in that division. In my opinion, there's no doubt. Uh, so that was tremendously entertaining fight. And then from that fight on, we ended up going to the uh, co-main event with Nick Diaz and Anthony Pettis. Give us your thoughts on it. Um. You know, I mean Nate Diaz. Did I say Nick? <laughs> it's too. It's too early in the morning. We talked about this. Well, Nate Diaz. Yeah, I knew who you were talking about. I mean, yeah. Nick is. Uh, I don't know if Nick's allowed in a UFC building. I don't know what that's all about. Um, but uh, was he in his brother's corner? You know, I don't think so. No, he wasn't um, there, and I was wondering why. There's been times in the past where Nate has said that they wouldn't let Nick corner him. I don't know if that was the case last night. Um, right. So whatever. Nate Diaz, man. I mean, geez, with Conor McGregor busy punching people, men in bars in Ireland, uh, Nate Diaz might be the he's the biggest draw in MMA. All due respect to John Jones, so Nate Diaz is box office now, right? And then he calls out the perfect guy, right? Forget this nonsense with Usman and uh, uh, what's his face, Cody. Uh, what's the dude's name? Colby, the guy keeps Colby wearing the Colby Covington. Oh God! Oh God! I can't stand that guy. Which is probably his point, but uh, he calls out Masvidal, <laughs> and you're like. Yes, that was <laughs> like, awesome. Like, yeah, that was a minute. The look on his and Masvidal's in the crowd's face. It's like get it, you know. And he he dominated. Uh, he he did everything he wanted to do to Pettis, and Pettis was game. Pettis is always game, but uh, he's just relentless. I was surprised, man. You. I was surprised. I actually thought Pettis was gonna was gonna win that fight. As much as I know Nate Diaz is a bad motherfucker, I thought. Pettis was just more active, more the last three years, more active, more engaged, better shape, mental. I just figured it, it'd be a Pettis show, and, and I was completely wrong. You can never underestimate those Diaz brothers, man. They just come to battle. Three years. You know, it's three years, and he says, you know, and I know it's, it's talk, but, you know, I just thought all these people out here suck, he said, you know, and that's why <laughs> three years, and he comes out like, and Pettis started strong, and I think, look, Pettis, I don't know if it's a game planning thing, Pettis has always had all the physical tools, he got tired in that fight a little bit, and he just, I thought his game plan was good in the beginning, and I think Nate caught him off guard, though, because Nate's usually a slow, slow starter. Right. Um, 
and he brought it to him with the smothering. I don't. I think he might have caught Pettis a little off guard. He that that's a good point. He did start much faster, and, and he's. I think he mentioned it in his post fight interview too that he that he came to just fight for three rounds. He's used to the five rounds, so he came out strong right away. Yeah, he said he had trained. He felt like he trained more like he said probably Pettis does. And oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you know, and, and so he. He was so in his face, and I think that's bothered Pettis. Usually, it's the, the strong wrestlers like Rafael dos Anjos or someone, someone like that, mm-hmm. who has bothered Pettis up again. But this was the same thing, except with you know these close quarter phone booth punches and just smothering them. Well, that's where um, Nate Diaz lives, right? That's his strong. That's his strength, and he used his strength the entire, at least the second and third round, from what I recall. Well, it sh- yeah, it shows you too that. You know, a much with him upsetting Conor McGregor at that weight, it really wasn't that much of an upset. Like Nate Diaz fights well against these these striker guys; he does well against them. You think about how he's gotten caught in the past. You know, someone like uh, you know when he, he lost to Josh Thompson, that was that was kind of a wild card kick that that Cato. I mean, Nate. Otherwise, Nate has a sick chin. You know, right? Yeah, he's one of those guys that doesn't want to go down. He he made the fight his completely. Once he started putting putting Pettis, you could tell there was a size. I, I was surprised Nate was bigger than Pettis too. There was a size difference there. It seemed to me that Nate was Nate was stronger in the clinch. He had him up against the fence. There was a couple times where Pettis actually had Nate against the fence, and it's almost like he just kind of turned him around and put him up. It, 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 did did you notice that? Yeah, you know, and Nate's a, a scrawny, like a skinny guy. His brothers, the, the way they're built, yeah. but. He seemed more, he just seemed really comfortable at that weight. He looked a little more cut up. And as much as Pettis advocates for fighting at your body weight, you know, now you can kind of see, you know, in that case, why a guy like him does cut weight, you know, to go down a division. Because Nate definitely felt he seemed stronger just when they were uh, up against each other. Yeah. I, I, this is one of those things where I disagree with the guys like Joe Rogan and. I agree that there's a lot of guys that should be moving up in weight classes. There are those examples. But there's right. also examples where like a guy like Anthony Pettis, even Nate Diaz at 170, though, when you look at him next to a guy like Usman or, or Tyron Woodley or some of these bigger guys, he looks really small compared to those guys. But but a guy like Anthony Pettis, while he's not dehydrating himself and you know killing himself, all this stuff, 170 is a tough number for him, man. Once, because well, Nate like, Diaz is not a big one seventy, and he kind of handled him. Well, it's like you said again. When you get to the bigger guys, I mean, Nate might, you know, the way he might fight a Covington or a Usman, like, might be a little different because how good he is off his back, um, and and how deep he can take these 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 rounds. So I don't know if that's you know these Diaz brothers. They ever care about the titles? Didn't he miss talk like he had a title? Last night he said, "I'm going to defend this title." Yeah, did he say? It? He did say that. <laughs> the People's Champ title, apparently. Well, when you're getting paid, you know, a lot of that USC stuff. If you, we could talk about it later, where you know the, the contract leaks of how much these people make. Uh, he's getting paid, so you know. How much is he getting paid? Well, you know, the McGregor fight upped him to multi-million dollar deals. So uh, you know. He that a lot of people are wondering, like you know, how oh, he's three years off, and Dana talks about well, I, you know, I offered him fights, and, and I, don't, I have to pay guys if if I don't offer them fights, and I didn't pay him. You know, he must he probably made a good, cool, you know, six seven million off of those McGregor fights. How much do you does a play uh, fighter get paid 
per pay-per-view buy. Do you know how that works? Yeah, so if you go online, like, so this is a deep read, and, and I got into, got sucked into the, like, you know, vacuum of it. Uh, these, these documents have leaked because, you know, of the lawsuits against the UFCs from other fighters. Uh, it's really complicated stuff. But it started to talk about how much some of these guys get paid, and for champions, or they made exceptions, but for champions, they give them points, and it goes up. So it was like something where like if you got up to like two hundred and fifty thousand pay per view buys, you're getting like two dollars and fifty cents per buy. Mm-hmm. So it there's a like half there's nuts. a half million there, five hundred and fifty thousand right. or something there. About. And then you look at somebody like Lesnar who was getting a guaranteed like you know half million, then he's doing over a million buys, so he's getting two and a half, two fifty on the the per buy. Um, and that's not counting the Reebok stuff, or they don't give. Uh, they were releasing information on how much uh, the guys were getting guaranteed just to be fighters uh, in the UFC. Um, and then there was a, there's another leaked document where Holly Holm requested when she was negotiating to join the UFC, she wanted points. She wanted a dollar. It starts at like a dollar per buy up to like a hundred thousand buys. Um, and Joe Silva was like, "No, we don't do that for." It's all in the documents. We don't do that for non-title people, but then they did it for Nate Diaz when he fought McGregor. <laughs> they make their own rules, yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. It opened the door to the UFC's negotiating tactics and um, why some fighters are suing them, basically saying this was not fair. <laughs> Have you ever done a piece on that? I haven't. Right now, it's kind of all still up in the air. You, you know, I... I Site, my go-to site for uh, MMA, and there are several great ones, is uh, Bloody Elbow. But they, uh, they, you know, if you go through the documents, all the sites have them. It was just really interesting because the guys making the money don't want to talk about money, right? Like John Jones is going to say how much he's making. Um, it's the guys who aren't making the money who are like, "What the hell?" You know, because um, they see, you know, Floyd Mayweather and boxers are making millions upon millions for years. Sure, sure. So if if like last night's pay per view did seven hundred and fifty thousand buys at the minimum, Nate Diaz is probably getting uh, maybe a dollar per buy, a dollar fifty. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know him coming back. Like, what you know, I don't know if it requires you to be in the main event. But we'll take Cormier for instance. So Cormier's a champion. Let's say they did, let's say they did two hundred thousand buys. That I think that's two dollars per buy for anyone who has that deal. Um, right. Once you get up to two hundred thousand, so there's that. So that's you know do the math on that. Then every fighter has their own salary they make. Um, then you have the Reebok deal they have, the bonuses, and then you know they're getting. Sometimes it's weird how they fluctuate with like how much a fighter's getting just for that fight. I guarantee you, Nate Diaz has probably got paid more than Stipe Miocic just for fighting. How much do you think Stipe made last night? A million bucks with the with the win. I mean, he probably had a bonus built in. Stipe's always had beef with his contract, but he has, you know, I think he was doing maybe like five hundred and five hundred. Yeah, or something I think like he that. was up to like seven fifty at a certain point. I think the last fight against uh, Naganyu when he fought when he beat Naganyu, I think he made like seven fifty just for fighting. Um, that's not counting his points. Sure. Um, so maybe he was a little bit down because he wasn't the champion last night, but I right. bet he had a bonus built in if he won. Right. But we never know with the points because that stuff's only coming out now because of the lawsuit. So Stipe might have made seven fifty again last night, but we'll never know how much he was getting on pay per view points if that was something that's that's 
factored into his contract now. Why do you think UFC's always been more tight-lipped about the money, whereas boxing was always kind of more like, hey, here's what it is? Because, like, I think the boxers, the way that boxing works is, you know, boxers took over, right? They became their own promoters. Um, you know, guys like Mayweather, stuff, they own the sport. Um, back to the Tyson days, you know, Don King, sort of Don King's got phased out. And De La Hoya and these guys were, were making these these trends into, like, taking over your career and what you're doing. Um, I think the UFC would probably be, not embarrassed, but I think it would be bad PR for them. If you find, I mean, come on, some of these guys, if you look at the stuff that's released, I mean, how much you think that dude that'd be, I don't even remember his damn name, uh, the guy that beat Devontae Smith, right? He took a fight on four days' notice, uh, comes in here, beats beats Devontae Smith, he probably made. He probably made twenty grand. Probably made twenty grand. Right? Like yeah. twenty five, I think, is the minimum now. Okay. So he made I mean, the minimum for sure. Yeah, maybe they probably threw him a bonus, but that's just like pathetic. Like a box. Can you imagine a boxer at a main pay per view on on the the feature ball? I mean, he was a feature in the prelim, but I mean, twenty five yeah. grand. Jeez. Yeah, I know. It's 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 a tough way to make a living, man. Get your head beat in for twenty grand. Because you can't do that many times. People are like, oh, I would do that for 20 grand. You might do that once or twice, but to, to get up to even a six-figure income, you got to get your head beat in five times. Yeah, not everybody. I mean, I'm trying to think, like, it's impressive, honestly. I mean, John Jones has had, what, one fight where he's really taken, you know, the Gustafson, the first one. So, like, you know, like, people talk about, he's not going to be, I think Chael Sonnen said the other day, he's not going to be a champion when he's 35. And people ain't been touching John Jones. That's the problem, you know. Um, Besides that last fight, man, that last fight with Santos. If I think San- I that for my brain. Uh, <laughs> just for- <laughs> I think that if Santos stayed healthy in that fight, he was he could have won that fight. It was... I think Jones has lo- Jones has lost something over the years. He's not the same Jones as he was back when he was fighting Vitor Belfort and Rampage Jackson and all those guys. It's a different I agree Jones. With you. I wonder though. I wonder a couple things. One, had did Jones fall back into what uh, Santos was? Like it was a kind of like they had a strategy, and then he kind of could see this path to victory. And he took the easy route. The other thing, too, is this is a guy who's the first person before Miocic. Miocic, the only person to finish Cormier. Does Is it time? I mean, what, what are these fights John Jones is taking anyway? He's got to go up to heavyweight. I, I think the lack of motivation, too, you wonder. Like, Anderson Silva was like that. Remember having these, like, ridiculous fights yes. against, like, Damian and Maya stuff where he's dancing around. And then he would go up to light heavyweight and just destroy, like, Forrest Griffin and some of these guys. I mean... I think Jones has to, he just seems disinterested. It's like almost too easy for him, and he's on cruise control. Totally um, agree with you. Totally go agree. Go up to heavyweight, man. Get up there and do do whatever it takes for you to get hyped for a fight, dude. Don't just sit there and notice a guy has a leg problem and think, you know what, I'm going to outpoint this guy just barely. There's no way they're gonna. the judges are going to give him a decision. I, I think that's the next fight, like. Troy. I think that's the next fight. If I was the UFC, I'd be doing everything in my power. If I was Stipe and Jones, like you said, I would be doing everything in my power to get make that the next fight. Make have Jones go up, and uh, it becomes he has to. He has like, they to. Talk about, he has to. Well, they talk about him fighting these young guys who are talented in life. It's like 
I mean, some of these guys are like three or four fights away. Who's the kid that uh, separated his shoulder dancing after the fight? Was oh, that yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy uh, something? I don't know. Yeah, his name's drawn a blank. That big tall dude from uh, with the yeah. mohawk. Yeah, I see people talking. They're like, "Oh, he might have what it takes." I'm like, "This guy is like three fights away. He ain't even fought anybody." Yeah, no, that guy's. <laughs> I, like you said, Jones is disinterested because there's been really nobody to to get him up for a fight besides Cormier. That was it. Nobody else has really interested him in a fight. So I think he needs to. But first of all, him and Stipe are kind of are similar size guys, anyways. So it's not like he's going up to fight a Brock Lesnar kind of guy. Or a big 260-pounder. They're going to be the same size, 230 pounds, plus or minus, uh, at a heavyweight fight. And I got to tell you, man, I think Stipe wins that fight. I, I really do. I you know, really do. This is a, it, I, I, and I'll tell you why, look, but go ahead. Tell me what you think. I think John Jones is the greatest fighter ever. Okay, That has nothing to do with whether, you know, how much success he has as a heavyweight. I'm just interested to see it because last night... I realized I don't ever really want to see these heavyweights go past like two rounds. Right. Becomes like this Walking Dead, like just throwing at people. Credit to Stipe because the man took like you know some some Pedialyte or something before that fourth round where he just comes. Well, in did here. you know he took the most significant strikes ever? And uh, he, he won a fight where he, there was never. I guess Cormier threw more significant strikes ever in a UFC history. In a, in a loss. I think that was the the stat I saw this morning. Well, I could see that. I mean, but, but the other thing, too, is I wouldn't say it was leading, but it became clear, and I don't know if you felt this way, like probably at the end of the second round, in the third round, started third round, I just didn't think Daniel Cormier could knock Steve Pemiotrich out because, I mean, obviously we've seen it before, but... There was nothing left in those shots. The way Stipe was eating them, yeah, he might have got tired and just kind of killed over, you know, um, almost like Cormier did. But uh, it just seemed like I, I, while I thought Cormier was winning the fight, you know, um, there was a point where it just switched, and I thought I was shocked that Cormier was tired. I don't know why that shocked me. Maybe it was the back surgery that did him in, or the fact that he's forty years old. Um, <laughs> His corner kept saying, oh, keep your damn hands up. That was the clear sign to me how tired he was. Yeah, that was Bob Cook. I thought I thought Miemchus was equally as tired, and then he started. He just It's like the fact that he was landing that left hook to the body just rejuvenated him. It was like he went into like sparring mode and was like, oh, I'm eating this guy alive now. Well, it you know? completely re-energized him. It was a new Stipe in the fourth round. But- it was weird, man. It was like... And then the, the fittage, you know, was like, it wasn't even, like, Cormier just kind of like, <laughs> just, just, you know, it, it just wore him down, man. It yeah, just he wore collapsed. Him down. Like, he collapsed, man. Yeah, Stipe talks about the right hand. Oh, I found the right hand. It's like, I mean, it was there for the taking because after a few, after those body shots, Cormier just kind of like stumbled into the cage. Like, it was it was a wrap. I got to tell you, I think those left hooks, I don't, I'd have to go back and watch it again, but if he didn't land... A dozen of those to the body, he landed none. I mean, there there must have been at least ten to twelve, maybe even more, that he cleanly connected on in that fourth round. It was wild. I've never seen such a thing. What a no, comeback! Because, you know, Stipe was getting caught. The Cormier is a very smart guy, and look, I've been Daniel Cormier has never gotten the credit he's deserved because he's not the typical fan favorite, right? He doesn't look the part. Um, but the guy deserves credit. He's one of the three to five best fighters, ever, best mixed martial artists ever. 
and he started late, as you know. Mm-hmm. So I think you know he hasn't gotten the credit he deserves, and he's a smart fighter. He was catching Stipe with that hand fighting. I kept yelling because you know I'm from Cleveland, so I'm rooting for Stipe. But Stipe, stop hand fighting with Daniel Cormier. <laughs> you know, like he's just that's what he wanted to do. Um, but man, in that fourth. After like two or three of those body shots, it was just money all day. Wild man, I've never, because I was thinking to myself, how is Stipe going to come back and win this fight? He was at least down two to one. The first two rounds were clearly Cormier's. So uh, I'm thinking, how is he going to win this fight? How is he going to knock out Cormier, especially as he's wearing down? And then it was just like that that body shot just did something. It was like almost like he started over again. And it was a new steepy because he was throwing with 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 a fury. He was popping that thing once he started feeling that body. He was popping it like he was completely fresh, like he was in the first round. It was it was crazy. Well, I think too, like no, Joe Rogan said it. I don't, I can't remember a heavyweight fight. You know, and I'm sure there are examples, but I don't remember seeing anything like that because they're heavyweights. You get into those championship rounds, you no one really, you don't really see guys kind of just reignite. If, if you know the fuel tank is is usually like you know maybe somebody gets caught but not like that and then I mean we've seen comebacks before just not at heavyweight that late in rounds wild man and, yeah and then you know we can talk about this too is is I think you know they're talking about Cormier retiring and Rogan said I'd be worried about him fighting Naganyu but maybe he does get a rematch with Miocic which would be interesting since Miocic had to basically like be the stubborn mule to get a rematch right um. But also, you start wondering for Cormier. I'll be honest with you. Maybe Miocic, the John Jones fights. I, you know, it's John Jones, right? But maybe Miocic showed the blueprint in heavyweight for beating Daniel Cormier. Honestly, you know, uh, give you know, it's look at Cormier's a great wrestler. He doesn't have great grounded pound per se, but you, it's hard to take those big guys down once you get to the third or fourth rounds. Like he, you know, people, I you. People were telling me like, "Oh, you should have took Miocic down more." I go, "That's a freaking, you know, when you look, he, uh, he, that one slam he had. Notice he didn't do much after that on the ground. Like that stuff takes a lot out of you. Picking up a guy who's two hundred and thirty, probably two hundred forty-five pounds by the time the fight starts." Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. <laughs> well, speaking of Jones, uh, Jones did call uh, Miocic last night. He called him the greatest heavyweight of all time after the fight, and Dana White said the same thing. So, uh, well, it, of it, course. It, I mean, <laughs> John Jones is like looking like ching. Yeah, I don't right. have to fight these guys. That these these guys, no one's ever or the mainstream public doesn't know about at lightweight. I could fight the baddest man on the planet. Let me hype him up here. And like you said, I, I, um, you think Miocic wins that fight? Yes, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I, the thing about Jones, as great as he is, is he doesn't have any type of knockout power, as we know. He's a he's a grind you down kind of guy and, and beats you sh- beats the shit out of you as you're. He just picks you apart and, and beats the fuck out of you once you're like in the third or fourth or fifth round. So, again, we've never seen him at heavyweight, so of course he will naturally have more power at heavyweight. But still, he's fighting bigger guys. So let's let's assume that the power, even though he has more, it's going to take more to to knock a big guy out like a Stipe Miocic. So I don't think he he can knock out Stipe. And with that said, Stipe is a type of guy that's going to stay in your face like we saw last night. And I think that that fighting a bigger guy like that, it's going to take it's going to take Jones a lot more to try to pick a guy like that apart. And, and Stipe's game, he's game like you saw him last night. And if you can't knock Stipe out in a five rounder, you're in some trouble. I think 
I think that's why Cormier had a chance because he can knock him out as we've seen. I don't think Jones can knock him out, and I think that's why Stepe wins. Yeah, it's it's. I have a hard time answering this question because I agree with everything you said. I don't. John Jones has never been a knockout guy. I mean, he's got some vicious finishes. Um, mm-hmm. Look, he'll knock anybody out if you can get him on the ground. The way he's throwing, you know, with that uh, the elbows and the way he works. Sure, TKO stoppages and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Right, right. Absolutely. But um, I can't see this guy heavyweight because it's weird because we've never seen anything like him at light heavyweight. Uh, and I know he was putting on weight muscle wise uh, during his suspension time. Right. Um, while I was watching some of his workouts, but you're right. I mean, look at look at Cormier. Like Cormier weighed more than Stipe, but Stipe was clearly bigger than him. You know what I mean? Like that, when you're a natural heavyweight, right. just the the size, the sheer size and, and strength. Like to be honest, like think about it, right? Like Cor- like Jokic stuff. Even those body punches and jabs he was throwing, they obviously wore Cormier out. He throwing them like they didn't look vicious, right? This wasn't Naganyu, like <laughs> like taking. Uh, Alistair Overeem's face off. This was like, but those things, you know, asking your Cormier to tell you, like, it feels like you're getting hit with a cement block in mm-hmm. the side. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I, that's, that's, I gotta tell you, man, that was an awesome card last night, and I thought that the heavyweight title lived up, exceeded my expectations. It was an awesome fight. Yeah, and you think, like, look, if John Jones, I don't know what John Jones is gonna do. I guess he could sit at lightweight until he's like, 40, whoever knows, or light heavyweight, but, um, you know, there is the backup of Naganyu. Now, yes, Stipe just basically took him down and laid on and laid on him and, you know, punched him and beat him for five rounds. Naganyu looks different in these last couple fights. I don't know if he has some mental problems in a couple of those fights. I don't even talk about the Derek Lewis fight. Oh, well, yeah, but he clearly did in that fight. <laughs> but this guy, you know, if mentally he's there, it seems like, it doesn't seem like even in the first in the first Stipe fight, it looked like every punch he throws, it will kill somebody. <laughs> like scariest human being alive, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, you know, Anthony Rumble Johnson was that guy at one point. He didn't get a he didn't get a strap around his waist, so that doesn't necessarily equate that. And I'm still frustrated with the way Anthony Johnson fought Cormier in their second fight. But um, agreed. So, so even if Stipe doesn't get John Jones, it's all about whether John Jones wants to do it or not. There is that Naganyu fight that stands out there, and that's box office too, man. Well, hey, listen, I hope for the fans clearly that that fight happens because I think it would be an epic. I think it's a long fight. I think a, a Jones Stipe fight is probably a good championship rounds kind of fight, and uh, and I and I hope for Stipe being the Cleveland guy and a local guy who we all we all know him and we have friends who are friends with him and. Uh, for Stipe and his family, I, I, it would be awesome to see him get that fight because I think that's life-changing money for him. Yeah, and I've talked to Stipe. He's not a guy that's going to fight till he's 40. So okay. uh, that's not what he wants to do. The good news is the guy still almost takes full-time shifts firefighting. I mean, that's what he likes to do. And I've asked him straight up. I go, you know, you're thinking there'll be one of these guys who's like, you know, Randy Couture in it, you know, and he's like, he looks at me, laughs, just like, hell no. Um, so he's got to be getting close, gonna... Troy. I mean, he's probably got two years left. What do you think? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, his wife. I mean, look, his wife's a doctor, so she probably after the fight's like, you know, you ain't got too many more fights where I'm gonna watch you take those kind of shots to the face. <laughs> yeah, he's taken some damage over his, over the last five six years for sure. He's taken some damage. Yeah, and John Jones might not be able to knock him out, but you know, he'll put hands on him. And Stipe, you know, he's that kind of guy who's just gonna walk towards you. Um, here's he's not, my. Here's... He's not a, 
he doesn't roll with punches, you know. It's not his style. He's too stubborn, man. He's Cleveland. He's a Cleveland boy. Yeah. <laughs> my my here's my thing. This would be picture perfect fairy tale ending. Is he he goes he fights Jones next year in twenty early twenty twenty, uh, and then it beats Jones and then goes off into the sunset. He's proven everything he needs to prove at that point. Yeah, and there's a lose. It's like you know, last night for Cormier. To be honest, like. It's kind of a lose-lose, like, what was he going to gain by winning? Um, you know, and you could argue, like, legacy or whatever. But unfortunately for Daniel Cormier, no matter what he's done in his career, even if he won that fight last night, he was always – the best he could ever do is the second-best fighter of all time, right? Like, true, true. You know, but for Miocic, looking at that, there ain't no reason for – if I'm Miocic, I'm like, I don't really want to fight Naganyu again, right? Like, who the hell wants to spend five rounds trying – just basically trying not to get their head knocked? I gotta tell you, That's he probably doesn't want to fight DC again either. That's a brutal fight. Oh, no, 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 no. And because too, I, I do believe Stipe, you know, uh, Joe Rogan's so so great as you said. He broke it down where where Miocic was talking about Daniel Cormier won the lottery. I'm better than him, and and Rogan said Miocic is the only one that knows if that's talk or if he really believes that. And it's clear he did. I think. Look, Cormier, you know, is a strategist. He said that he could notice. Miocic pulling out with his left hand down in the clinches, and that's how he got him. But, you know, Miocic took a couple big shots in the Naganyu fight, and clearly last night his chin was better. And, and we know chin. You know chins. It's not like, you know, look at Luke Rockhold and stuff. You don't exercise your chin. So clearly, <laughs> Stipe was more fresh and the and the, at more closer to 100% Stipe Miocic last night. Yes. than he was when he fought Cormier the first time. And, dude, Cormier with those eye pokes, man. That all, you know. <laughs> he definitely poked him in the eye a couple times. There's no doubt about <laughs> man, it. Man, like, yeah. well, he got him in the, if you go back and watch the first fight, that's the momentum change after that eye poke. And I'm not trying to attribute the fight to that, but that hand fighting, I'm like, I saw He did it again last night. It happened again yeah, last yeah. night a couple times, yeah. He got him at least twice in the, the ref. I don't know if he didn't see it. or Miocic isn't the type of guy who's going to, like, Time out. You know, I got poked in the eye. Well, and he said know? he said uh, in an interview after the fight last night, he wasn't sure if they were eye pokes or knuckles. He wasn't sure what was going on, but he said it was killing his eyes. <laughs> he took a thumb, like, right there. Like, I was Bad motherfucker, like, man. Bad dude. When I looked at the Nate Diaz fight, I felt like Nate Diaz was like, okie dokie, Pettis with the eye. He kept playing with his eye, and the ref stopped it. And it was like, he's like, no, I'm good. I was like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see the super fight or Jones going up, and I'd love to see Stipe win the fight, and then just say it's been a good career, guys. I'm out. Thirty-seven yeah, years I'm with old, you. thirty-seven, thirty-eight years old, and call it quits. Yeah, and for John Jones, you know, get that big super fight in before you get suspended again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before you, <laughs> what is he? What was the last thing? Him like, you know, I don't know. If There's it's been true. so many you know, things, man. Allegedly, the thing at the strip club with the with the waitress, like, Jeez. dude. Think like, about oh. think about all the things that we haven't heard about <laughs> that just haven't been caught. It's well, got to be insane. Funny too, like watching the build up to the fight, like Cormier talking about his daughter dying because someone you know rear-ended his car, and then I start thinking like, yeah, and no wonder he hates John Jones. You know, this guy who you know hit and run a pregnant woman. You know, yeah, like, it's like well, those two guys come from completely different moral backgrounds. Oh my god, completely opposite spectrum. I've been hard on Cormier. You know. Um, you know, people have posted the memes like, "Oh, he's Carl Winslow and stuff." And I didn't, I don't, I, I was never. You know, Jones has that natural charisma, so I personally, I kind of lean towards Jones in the in the fight and the show of it all. When yes. They were feuding. Yes. But 
Daniel Cormier deserves so much respect. He, he's such a class guy. Like what he said after the fight, fighting back tears about retirement, but just so cla- his class and crediting Stipe. This is a good human being and a guy who deserves you know to be spoken about as one of the five best fighters ever. Oh, he's great, man. He's great. It was a great night of fights, Troy. Uh, I assume you'll be putting on a piece in, in the Plain Dealer here shortly. Yeah, I posted my recap last night. Uh, it's so late that I'll probably run it uh, Monday morning uh, in the paper. But okay. uh, it's out there, and then I'm looking to get some time with Stipe, uh, you know, maybe in next week. Uh, I just want everyone to know Stipe is probably one of the worst interviews uh, I've ever <laughs> had to do. Just yeah. the guy, and he'll probably say that. He mumbles. Yeah. He answers questions so fast. Yeah. It's, it, you can't, you can't. You know, get a reaction. It's really hard to get a reaction out of him. Um, now, will you do the will you do the interview on the phone with him? I might go to his house. I've been to his house before. Okay, um, he's a good guy. He's so nice. Like yeah. he's got this basement. You know, kind of man cave. He's got all his belts there and posters. And I remember joking with him. He has a poster of him and Stefan Struve, which, as you know, he got knocked out in that fight. Yeah, by that big kick, so, right? It was a big kick up the middle or something. Uh, I think they were. I, I if I'm not correct. I remember Struve had him up against the cage. He might have caught him with a punch, but he just kind of okay. floored him. Okay. But I remember Poke, I remember saying to Steve, I'm like, why you got that up here? You know? <laughs> he said, like, I, I want a reminder and stuff, but... Uh, Motivation, yeah. yeah. I've been to his house. He's such a humble guy. It's kind of like this big country house. And uh, uh, I believe, and, and don't correct me if it's wrong, his wife, nice woman, beautiful woman, um, I think she makes a... You know, I think she's kind of like in that medical field of making a lot of money. So he doesn't have to fight very long. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, between what he's done over the past few years, and if she's working uh, again, he he gets the, he made money again this last night. I'm sure he made a good, a nice payday. And then uh, uh, if he does get a Jones fight, that 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 should secure him. Uh, yeah, and he's he not driving a Ferrari around, right? So you know, right? He's the man, and uh, so are you, bro. Thank you for taking the time today. Uh, appreciate you. What what's going on? Anything new and exciting in Cleveland that we should be keeping our eye on? Oh boy, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Cleveland's an interesting city, I think everyone's in Browns mode now, um, I'm hoping the Indians can make a playoff run, uh, I would say the the World Series against the Cubs is one of the most fun I've had, uh, just in the energy in the city, because it came right after the Cavs championship, but yeah. uh, everyone's in Browns mode, man, good lord. Like, they really if are. You look, if you look at our website, cleveland.com, the top five stories every day, uh, unless I sneak in something, you know. <laughs> spectacular. Uh, something, something spectacular. <laughs> Our all Brown, Browns training camp. They ain't started games, the real games yet. So I know, man. It's going to be a fun. Se- if they stay healthy, it should be a fun season. They should be a playoff contender. There's no doubt. I, my prediction is is ten and six. I think they have a legit chance if they stay healthy to go ten and six. I think that's about right. Uh, I think what's interesting, and I'll say this, and. and I don't talk sports uh, at Cleveland.com in terms of football, so no one asks my opinion, and that's probably a wise thing. But uh, if you look at their schedule, the first three of their first six games are against the Seahawks, Rams, and Patriots. So I could see this kind of drama of like them being three and three, and everyone like, "Oh my God, what's happening?" But the back end of their schedule is pretty easy. Sure, sure. So they could be going to the. They could be ten and six, like going. You know, strong into the playoffs. Yeah, you're saying they can win like their last six games to go ten and six, exactly. or something, something like that. I think yeah. the schedule is front loaded, so I, I always like the drama, right? Like, sure. can you imagine the sky is falling at three and three, like fire kitchens or some crap? <laughs> like, <that. laughs> 
Well, hey, man, it'll be a fun season, and uh, we will stay in touch. Keep, check him out at cleveland.com, everybody. Troy L. Smith. This is the real Troy Smith, not not the Troy Smith from Ohio State. <laughs> I'm older than him. Stop asking me if that's I was right. named after him. That's, <laughs> people, that's probably pretty funny. It's pretty funny, man. Hey, uh, glad to hear you're doing well. Stay in touch, and uh, we'll talk soon, all right? All right, brother. Thanks, man.